Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MyTC show. We have a special guest with us today. We have the independent and investigative journalist, Sonia Elijah, who is here with us to explain a lot of chaotic stories. Welcome to the show, Sonia. How are you? Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, so uh, you've done a lot of work on, um, especially the recent stuff that's been happening um, with uh, COVID and uh, the way the government uh, has been handling the whole situation, specifically in terms of, well, lack of scrutiny. Uh, so whether it's the contract, government contracts, or there are certain decisions being made uh, since uh, the summer that started, you uh, did this uh, journey of investigating into a certain group, uh, Innova Medical Group, especially uh, with the the lateral flow test. Uh, you started the first part, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people already had a look at that. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about um, what you found because uh, the lateral flow test, then you got the PCR test, that's the main two different versions of tests. And sometimes uh, when it comes to the positive, false positive test results, uh, that's been a debate. Then also there's been a debate around the effectiveness of them and the cost to the taxpayer. So uh, yeah, to take us through what you found the first part of your um, article. Yes. So um, the, the original report I wrote um, early June um, and um, the focus was on the innovolateral flow test, which is a rapid antigen test. Um, it's a lot sort of cheaper than the traditional PCR. Um, it can, you know, it's it was for a self test. So um, and the results, uh, I think within 20 to 30 minutes, you get the results. Hmm. So um, the this is the innovolateral flow test was the lateral flow test selected to be used in the NHS test and trace scheme hmm. um, at a total cost of about 32 billion. Um, and this was started last year. Um, and the lateral flow test, uh, the Innova lateral flow test, um, was actually um, repurposed um, by the Department of Health and Social Care. And um, it was sort of redesigned. Um, these tests are originally made by Zyman Biotime Biotechnology in China. Yeah. And they were originally designed to, for uh, cl uh, for clinicians to use, for um, experts, lab lab technicians yeah. to use, and they were originally designed to be used only in the symptomatic uh, of population. So only yeah. people showing symptoms. Yeah. So not just randomly walking around like, I'm going to do a test. Or... Yes, it was not designed for the asymptomatic, the people with no symptoms. So you've got already sort of unusual things going on yeah. when it's now sort of re being repurposed uh, under the sort of NHS self-test kit. Mm. And all of a sudden, these instructions for use change. And they actually drastically change for what they were originally designed for to what they're being used uh, today yeah. and so right now it is designed they've designed it as a test for the uh, purely asymptomatic so no symptoms and for, for for anybody over the age of 12 to use so mm. um so it is there's so so you have a, a huge scope of sort of things that could go wrong um it could lead mm. to inaccurate test results yeah tests have been proven to be highly inaccurate unreliable but this is the same there's a um, product that's uh, essentially you got a some american-based startups behind it but it's actually chinese made 
has been built in China, right? So, so basically you have, so just to go back to, so if you can deconstruct it, we have Charles Huang, uh, a Chinese US billionaire. Mm -hmm. So he actually uh, lived in Wuhan. He graduated from University of Wuhan. So he has lit ties to Wuhan, sort of the epicenter of the pandemic. Um, You have him founding a private equity house called Pasaka Capital. Pasaka Capital is based in the US and they, uh, through Pasaka Capital, um, he launches Innova Medical Group oh. as a California startup, and but it's wholly owned by Pasaka Capital. So you have a few red flags going on. The executive board for Pasaka Capital and Innova are exactly the same, same members. Um, you have the CEO of Innova Medical Group, uh, a gentleman called Daniel Elliott, who has um, quite a scandalous past, and so does actually Charles Huang. Um, my reports talk about, uh, for example, if we take Charles Huang, he was, he was the um, former financial director of China Brilliance Group. Wow. And China Brilliance Group um, embarked on a joint venture with MG Rover. Mm-hmm. And this joint venture, and apparently Charles Huang was a, Pivotal played a pivotal role in their strategic alliance, um, but there it ended abruptly. This strategic mm-hmm. they were supposed to build a a new vehicle together. These two companies, but the um, the execs at China Brilliance Group, including Charles Huang as one of the sort of senior uh, as executives, mm-hmm. were fled China because they were wanted for economic crimes. Yeah, they fled to the U.S. So MG Rover is left with a sort of, you know, their deal falls apart. Um, You have the likes of the former director of MG Rover going on record saying that China Brilliance had never had any plans Mm. to build a car with us. So, you know, you've got a lot of shady things happening. Then you have Daniel Elliott involved in the scandal in Kentucky. So Daniel Elliott was the former CEO of Enna Blue, Enna Blue is a uh, battery, they're battery, they were, they're now bankrupt, battery manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And um, they had Enna Blue under Daniel Elliott's leadership had proposed to invest 400 million in a new battery <clears throat> plant in Kentucky. Right. It was going to bring in about 875 jobs. Um, the whole town was very, you know, I think Pikeville in Kentucky. Yeah. So it was going to bring in a lot of money, a lot of jobs. Um, now, what happened there? Again, another huge scandal. Yeah. Um, you have close to about nine, 10 million being raised, hmm. and then nothing happening with the money. Going, yeah. no, no, there's no basically, we just ended up as blueprints. Was this uh, reported by anybody in the mainstream press or media? No, like, no, no, not at all. So, and then you have. DAPCO, which is a Florida investor group, I think they invested about three, three and a half million. And, you know, they filed lawsuit against uh, Enna Blue uh, for fraud and for unjust enrichment, because you have the execs of, you know, Daniel Elliott and his partners who are now involved in Innova Medical Group. Mm-hmm going on luxury spending sprees, buying private jets, luxury homes, traveling the world. So you have this sort of, I call it a serial case of scandal. 
nothing's getting picked up in the mainstream media. In the meantime, the uh, you know our politicians, you know, uh, at Whitehall, no one is scrutinizing the background of these key people who the UK government is investing close to four billion pounds paid in a medical group for their lateral flow tests that doesn't even work <laughs> that, that doesn't even work so in a <laughs> group are the kind of the global suppliers of yeah. these tests they're made in china the uh, zyman biotime is the manufacturing partner but things get even worse i mean as i was doing more and more research um you have so you have um now the first contracts were, were sort of signed last September, yeah. and these were in the hundreds of millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, these contracts were signed when the evaluation program to assess these various different lateral flow tests, yeah. it was a joint evaluation program done by um, Public Health England's laboratory, Porton Down, yep. and Oxford University. You have Professor Tim Pito being the chief investigator at Oxford University, and this was all overseen by Sir John Bell, mm-hmm. uh, very high up. He's a, a member of SAGE. He's on the vaccine task force. He's um, the re- he holds a Regis Chair of Medicine at Oxford University. Yep. So it comes under that umbrella, and you have them fast tracking innova lateral flow test through this whole assessment program. It was placed on top of the pile. It was given special treatment. And you have Tim Pito on record saying, we had to buy before we knew it worked. Hmm. So, you know, the actual assessment, the report was published in November Um, of 2020. But by September 2020, you have the first, you know, September, October, the first contracts, uh, being signed and and um so now we're here we're now what we're 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 in september 2021 now i'm going to backtrack a little bit in just this past summer so in june the fda so the fda uh our equivalent you know is is the mhra yeah the fda in the us comes out with a very dramatic um statement warning urging the public to throw away the inner flow test because it's a public, like it's a health hazard. Yeah. Um, because they're so inaccurate. Um, so, what is remarkable? What did the, the British re- government do? <laughs> okay. So, what is remarkable is the MHRA. Yep. They actually end up extending the emergency authorization use of the interbilateral flow test to (laughs) August 28th. And actually, we're now past that deadline, and there's been no official extension of it. All the schools across the UK, universities, colleges are really highly encouraging all their students to do these tests, which are kind of now technically unauthorized. But the MHRA came out with, oh, well, we did our own assessment, and we found it... um, they were satisfied with their own review. Uh, and the review was that the innovilateral flow test, in conjunction with other protective measures, yeah. moderate, moderately reduce, moderately reduce the potential <laughs> of infections. So they're they're happy with it being basically a rubbish test, and they're happy with it being so inferior. Yeah. As, by even giving it their rubber stamp seal of approval that we can continue using these tests and 
In the meantime, you have the key players at Innova Medical Group, Pasaka Capital, who literally have, they're the only ones who've benefited. The yeah. British public have not. They have, you know, I mean, it's obscene amount of taxpayers' money that has gone to, I would say, essentially these sort of shady individuals, you know. Um, I mean, I actually am in the process of writing part three. There is, there is, there's another scandal I'm going to be re revealing uh, shortly and uh, with ties. Yes. Yeah, so we, you have um, another thing I wanted to mention was, so you have when this, the bulk of the sort of contracts that were signed and the money that was sent to Innova was the time when Dido Hiding, Baroness yeah. Dido Hiding was the head of NHS Test and Trace. But what's unusual about her is that her husband, she's married to um, the MP John Pemrose, who is supposed to be uh, the government's anti-corruption champion. Yeah. So how is uh, someone going to independently investigate their spouse? Yeah, because well. she was head of the NHS test and trace when this all went down. So it's, and obviously Matt Hancock was, is, was chairing when he was house secretary he chaired the, you know, the, the DHSC. Uh, so, you mm. know, um, what is also interesting is in part two, um, uh, actually, uh, these are published in T the TCW online yeah. publication. And um, a reader brought to my attention, um, he had done, this is Duncan Carmichael, a, um, he, uh, he, he asked, he did a freedom of information uh, request to the MHRA for them to release their data that supposedly the, D, um, the DHSC had given them yeah. for them to do their review and for them to find it, to find it satisfactory. But they refused to do that. And they sort of used the loophole saying that they are exempt from releasing this information, the data, because mm. they have classified, and get this, they have classified the Department of Health and Social Care, which is a ministerial department yep. funded by the taxpayer as a private business, a private business. And because they have done that as a business, they've protected them by the Consumer Protection yep. Act. And therefore, they don't have to release. So it's just, it's mind-boggling. That's the thing. The main, one of the questions I have is um, when you were doing your research and others who also been digging all this sort of stuff, whether yourself hearing it or by through anybody else, I'm guessing there were there had been uh, situations where you or others have also had chats with uh, the mainstream press or media. Um, do they usually just reject it or do they say, oh, interesting story, but just like completely blanket? How does it come? Because something like this doesn't have to become a dramatic big story, but it could start to be a small story, but then we could escalate it. So how do they deal with it, the, the editors and the other people in the media? So the only person who's interviewed me who showed interest was Mark Dolan yep. when he worked at Talk Radio. So I've been on Talk Radio a few times to talk about Innova Medical Group and their lateral flow tests um, this past summer. It was about June. So when it first broke, um, but the, I mean, that's it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously um, they're online there. Anyone can get access to them. I have tweeted them. I'm on Twitter a lot. So I do uh, sort of, you know, tweet out these articles. I mean, 
the general public are very interested, mm. but I haven't gotten any sort of, you know, from mainstream media, anybody's yeah. sort of going, oh, you know, um, please tell us more or, you know, so um, it's, 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 it's unusual mm. that, no, I don't know, is it because obviously there's so much that is going on. We're just now embroiled with <laughs> sort of children being given yeah. vaccines. So I think- it's everyone, all, Yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. And I think- um, I think everyone's uh, very distracted. My, my, my view, my theory uh, is, uh, and I want to get your view on this, is uh, when it comes to, for example, when you say uh, the government essentially is saying, let's just keep using this lateral flow test, especially for schools and other institutions where staff could just do the test to be like, oh, do I have to self-isolate or not? Is that my my theory is that um, the UK government, because uh, since the first lockdown, they realised actually the British public as a whole they obey. They they're not going to be completely revolutionary like the French or the Australians. Uh, so they don't have to. They they never actually hear uh, introduce measures such as you know going around the streets check people's paperwork. But they maybe that the reason they're using these through the back door is that they know that a lot of people. Would, when, when they take these uh, tests that are not even accurate, so the government kind of know that a lot of them will be false positive, then they will just put people into isol- isolation, have mini, mini lockdowns across the country. When you have like, you know, 200,000 people isolating at any, at any point, then, you know, it's, it's essentially you're already controlling. So, you know, whether your, your intentions are good or bad from the government side, um, they're already doing their job. So I think they, they, they know that these uh, the positives, well, the positive tests are false a lot of times. And they're actually fine with it. They say, well, let's just keep them at home anyway. You know, at, at least it's safer than letting everybody out with the actual, real, uh, accurate uh, test results. What do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, I am livid, actually, so outraged the fact that so many school children have missed out on a proper education yeah. because they're forced to stay home for 10 days based on these bogus tests right in a way you have the likes of professor john deeks who is a professor of bio uh, biostatistics at university of birmingham who said um these these are not fit for purpose yeah and actually they're dangerous you know that they're they're they're, they're, they're going to cause chaos yep um they have actually a high percentage of actually they're bad in two ways. They not only give false positives, they also give false negatives as well. Mm. So it's sort of the double whammy. Of, I don't know. It's just lose-lose. Um, <laughs> lose-lose because they were never designed to be used in the asymptomatic. And this is the whole point. Right. The whole mass testing of the asymptomatic is madness. Yeah. And you have Professor Alison Pollock, um, a public health expert, you know, saying again, you know, why this this testing of the massa is it's, it's such it's a, it's a waste it, it's it's pointless um because our basic science tells us this is before pre-pandemic pre-pandemic science would say yeah. you would have to have a very high viral load in your body to be contagious and when you have right. a high viral load you show symptoms of the virus right and you are therefore contagious. So this whole science of all the theory of asymptomatic spread, yeah. I have a big problem with. I well, that's why even, even when it comes to the that. government's R rate, the way they calculate the R rate, roughly speaking, yeah. even that's always been you know about one or even two, two, around two, like maximum. If it were the case where one person, you know, asympathetic, something like I have the virus now and I go to Sainsbury's or whatever. If it were the case where the way they sold the virus to us uh, was that you know well i could bump into 
10 people and I could give it to seven people. But that's not even the case. Uh, if, it, if that were the case, then literally you would have 65 million people getting the virus right, right now. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and they also fail to take account immunity. Yeah. Prior immunity, yep. especially Neil, Professor Neil Ferguson, when he did his catastrophic mm. doomsday modeling predictions. Yep. I did a report. Um, you should read it. I did a report called Sage's Covert Coup. Mm. a three-part report and I broke down sort of the way SAGE works with its subdivisions of SPIM, SBIB, so you've got the behavioral scientists mm. or SBIB, SBIM is all the sort of the modeling, um, the sort of uh, mathematicians, statisticians and um, yeah they, they did their models never factoring in hmm. uh, immunity, prior yeah. immunity. So you know Everything is sort of helter skelter. Everything yeah. is, you know, and 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 we have suffered that, you know, the UK public, um, children, primarily children, yeah. have lost out on, you know, schools were closed twice for extended periods of time. Universities are still closed essentially. They're doing online. <laughs> it's, like... it's awful. It's so awful. And yeah. you have countries like Sweden mm. where they didn't do a lockdown. You didn't. You know, you didn't have catastrophic kind of um, death rates. So it, it, it sort of they, they got on with it. They just got mm. on with it um, because they actually followed the science. They didn't throw away the rule, the pandemic rule book. Yeah. They actually did follow the science. Um, and um, so it is it is outrageous. Um, yeah. But I just want to point I mean, what I found with the inner lateral flow test, it's it's similar to the VIP lane, a uh, 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 scandalous VIP lane for the, the lucrative PPE contracts. I, yeah. I, why did this one company, one company be the recipient of billions of taxpayers money? Yeah. And nobody, nobody who is uh, who is who no one's questioning it. It well, needs no. to go well, under public scrutiny. They need unfortunately, to yeah. When it comes to government contracts, that's one area, well, one of the few areas, but government contracts in general, especially when it comes to defense, but, you know, we're talking about this topic, uh, there is absolutely no scrutiny. The media and press are too obsessed with their party politics and policies and what happens in Westminster gossip. And uh, the opposition parties also really don't really know what they're doing. There was a point, that at one point in the past, um, there was still sensitive information being shared between the main two parties so that the opposition leader could know exactly what's going on in the country. Now that's not happening anymore. Privy Council essentially doesn't exist at, that, at this point when it comes to Sakia Starmer. Not that we should trust Starmer with this, but you know, just saying as a, in his role, he should, be know, he should know exactly what's going on. But yeah, I mean, this is one of the um, issues that we have now. Uh, obviously, you've got the, the upcoming parts and also the next one. So what we're going to hopefully do is we're going to get Sonia back uh, very very soon so that they could then take us through the second part and third part otherwise you know we could sit here for two hours and you guys will fall asleep because you know we're talking about almost, almost science almost science because i'm not a scientist at all so i'm just going to let sonia do the rant next time uh but no any any um any warning that you want to give us before we go anything that's going to come up any scandals i think you might think could be the next big thing nhs <gasps> anything you must be doom doomsday prediction <laughs> Uh, well, I'm I'm going to be doing a big report on ivermectin. Um, right. Focuses on early treatment, and that is such a taboo. You know that yeah. has been demonized, demonized. Yeah. Um, 
by by uh, by many in the mainstream media, by governments around the world, and um, so yeah, there's big report coming there, and I'm actually in the process of writing a book. So <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> good. On my sort of collection of all my investigations, yeah, and yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And for- me on no no thanks and then again definitely uh, we're going to bring you back the moment you've finished with the final part of the that research and then we'll go through the second part and third part we'll dig yeah. in see what's going on in the world yeah. because no one else is telling us and this is our job as the alternative independent media to tell yes. you guys the truth thanks again for coming on the show sonia and i'll see you guys soon thank you so much take care bye